Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. Have you ever heard the saying that you either die a hero or you live long enough to become the villain? Now, that sounds very cynical and it absolutely sounds dark and evil and what have you. But when you really think about it, a lot of times, a lot of people start off with some good intentions. And there's another saying that says the road to hell is often paved with good intentions. Two very dark sounding sayings. But hear me out. This is how it's going to tie into all of this NFT stuff, Web3 and exactly what we're doing. If you spent any amount of time on Twitter, whether in spaces or just reading through uh, the feed, is seeing what people are tweeting about, you can see that OpenSea made a crazy announcement that turned the community upside down. And when I say crazy, it really wasn't even that crazy. It's just that it was without any warning. There was no consulting. There was no interviewing the various creators that are on the platform, what have you. And what went from being this amazing hero, this amazing platform in the space, quickly became the villain. And really, this is about the second time within the last couple of uh, weeks or maybe a month or so that OpenSea has done something that has really turned heads and they had to backpedal. The first time was back when the CEO said that they were thinking about going public. And that is very not in the spirit of Web3 because the old guard with the stock market, the bankers and all that stuff, that is what a lot is associated with a company going public and being listed. So the community was very negative about it. Of course, they took to Twitter. They started just bad mouthing it and very quickly they backpedaled and said, you know, it was just an idea that we were exploring. Of course, the company is growing. We're trying to get through some of these growing pains because uh, if you've ever been on OpenSea and you see that the things aren't loading up or there's different errors, it is very frustrating and it's just part of a growing pain. Their team for the relative size of what they're doing is very small and the amount of volume and everything this space really took off. They're trying to explore different ways to get funding, what's the best option, and at the end of the day, a business, the goal for the business is to make money. But that idea was not received very well within the community whatsoever. Now, with this one, one of the issues with OpenSea that I've even uh, mentioned before, but it's very evident the longer you spend on there, is there are a lot of fraudulent accounts. I spend a lot of time reporting some of the collections that I either have or are part of or I just admire or would like to get into because I always find fake versions. The last one that I came across was for Chibi Galaxies. They had the Chibi Ape Galaxy, right? Which those are two different collections. Chibi Labs has the Chibi Genesis, which is the first generation. Then they have the Chibi Apes, which is the second generation. And then the third generation was Chibi Galaxy. Now, this collection has both the apes and the galaxy in one thing, and it's named Chibi Ape Galaxy. That is obviously fake. It is a scam. If you buy from that, you're not getting anything other than the photo, and it's absolutely terrible. So things like that are constantly popping up. There's a lot of uh, issues, and really, you have to do your own due due diligence. You have to make sure it is the right contract. You have to go to the official links in the discords or wherever it is to make sure that uh, what you're purchasing actually comes from that creator, because there's really nothing stopping anyone from just taking a screenshot of the NFT or whatever the real collection is and setting up this collection. OpenSea is set out to do was to basically reduce the amount of opportunities that people have to have all these fraudulent accounts and what have you with different collections. And overnight, without any warning, they just made the announcement that they're cutting down the amount of NFTs that you can have in a collection and they're reducing the number of collections that you can have total per account. 
So I was in a lot of spaces and people were absolutely just angry. There's no other way to put it. They were just absolutely, they felt betrayed. They felt like they built up this platform. They thought it was just an amazing thing. They were making all this income and what have you. And this opportunity now they see as a burden because now they have to go out, they have to research other platforms or they have to figure out how to make their own smart contracts and all these different things. And it said, we're artists. We don't want to do this. We want to just create and we want to sell. And we were so excited to be on this platform, but now they're just upset. They don't even really want to be a part of it anymore. And the outrage caused the company to backpedal. And on the 27th, they released a tweet saying, to all the creators in our community impacted by the 50 item limit, we added to the free minting tool. We hear you and we're sorry. We have reversed the decision, but we also want to offer an explanation. Every decision we make with our creators in mind. We originally built our shared front storefront contract to make it easier for creators to onboard into the space. However, we've recently seen misuse of this feature increase exponentially. Over 80% of the items created with this tool were plagiarized works, fake collections, and spam. We didn't make this decision lightly. We made the changes to address the feedback we have received from our entire community. However, we should have previewed this with you before rolling it out. In addition to reversing this decision, we're working through a number of solutions to ensure we support our creators while deterring bad actors. We commit to previewing these changes with you in advance to rolling them out. Please give us feedback along the way. So it is a total backpedal. They literally just changed their mind and said, okay, this outrage, we cannot do it. So of course, people have all sorts of different comments underneath this, mixed emotions and what have you. But when I was in a space, one of the uh, comments that kind of stuck out to me and really leaves a sentiment as to what is going on in the space, one lady said that she was so excited. She is a mother, a creator. She was just excited to be able to make this side income with the art that she was doing for fun. But now after this, it has left such a bad taste in her mouth, although they reversed the backpedal and everything. It's almost like having or being in a bad relationship when someone goes out and does something that ruins the relationship. It, it can't be repaired. So that bad taste, that bitterness and everything is in that relationship now. And that's how she felt with her relationship with OpenSea. So it's pretty funny that a couple months ago when they were holding spaces, which I actually don't see as much as they used to, they were doing all these different things and educating and onboarding and bringing all these people. It was so positive and OpenSea was uh, basically championed as a hero and what have you. And now they are the villain. This happens with just about every single platform. I can think of, let's roll back to Web2. When I first got on Web2, I had my, my website. This was 2000 and six or seven. I'm not exactly sure which year it was. I just remember it was my sophomore year this summer. If I backtrack it, I could figure it out. But I had my t-shirt website up and that's when uh, social media was really popping up as far as MySpace, Facebook, and all these different things. And I remember I was running ads on Facebook and the return that I was getting was just absolutely amazing. Literally less than a dollar, I was able to just flood traffic to my website. I would target all the different students that were in Caribbean groups and what have you because it was uh, a reggae or a Caribbean and inspired clothing line. I was working with a lot of designers and I was just basically the aggregator. I would find all of these different designers that had no clue how to market. And I built the website, beautiful website, put everything together. And I was driving the traffic to it. And I was targeting all the uh, students and everything. And it was great. Literally, I would put a dollar in and I would get hundreds of people to come to my website. So of course, if that's working, what are you going to do? You're going to pour more into it. But what ends up happening over time, other marketers figured out exactly 
exactly what to do. And the prices start to go up. The more people came in, the more people using it, the more the ads are going to cost. And of course, as with anything, supply and demand. So what they did is they start to change their rules as to how these advertisements uh, could be ran, who could target them, what kind of businesses are in them and all these different things. So if you were a business that was 100% solely dependent on that for your source of traffic, when they change these rules, now it goes from being this amazing source of growing a business to now you're just hating the platform because your sales have been cut off. And if you think Google, there is a term, if you just search the word called Google slap, what actually happened was Google does a bunch of updates and it absolutely kills this traffic source for a lot of businesses. Now they're doing all these different things with the intention, making the user experience better. All these businesses, all these marketers, we always figure out a way to optimize, to basically get the, the lowest cost sales. We're trying to get the most traffic, the right people at the lowest cost to make the biggest profit. So it's a counterproductive goal with the user base, right? They want a an amazing experience for the user, but at the same time, the users are using the platform for free. So the marketers are the ones that are paying for it. There is that that struggle between, okay, which customer or which base are you going to really make happy? And the same thing happens on Facebook. Certain ads, you cannot run political ads, different real estate ads, loans, all sorts of different things. There's uh, restricted categories and what have you. And they're balancing that between protecting the consumer, they're who is using the platform for free, and then also trying to work with the uh, advertisers that are paying all of the bills for everyone. Now, in the case of OpenSeas, they have two sides that are actually paying to juggle with. Now, you have the paying customer who is buying all of this stuff, and then you have the customer that is listing and selling all of the things. But really, you would think that they would side with the people that are actually directly paying OpenSeas. So the creators are the ones that are actually paying OpenSeas. And because when we create, we put things on, or I shouldn't even say we, because I don't have anything listed on OpenSeas at this current moment, but the seller is the one that's actually generating those fees and everything. So without the content creator that is putting up the NFTs, then there's nothing to sell. There's no commissions, no royalties for OpenSea to make. However, at the same time, If the buyers are not having a wonderful experience, they feel scammed, they feel whatever it is, they're not going to come onto that platform. So they have to balance that. They have to the line between, okay, are we going to protect the consumers, make it an enjoyable shopping experience, or are we going to keep the people happy that are paying the bills? And in the case of Google and Facebook, generally they side with the consumer, not the business, because at the end of the day, they're the biggest platform in that niche. All roads really lead to Google, Facebook, and in this case, OpenSea. So they know that if you want to be in business, you have to come to them. However, the consumer does not have to go to them because if the experience is just bad, there's too much ads, or if there is uh, offensive material, it just makes me not want to come there. Then of course, if the numbers are dropping as far as the buyers, then the sellers are not going to go there. And it's a spiraling uh, effect that people go where the traffic is. So at the end of the day, they really want to keep the user base. The vast majority of people that are logging into OpenSeas that are active on OpenSeas are the buyers. So they're trying to balance that whole thing to keep them happy. But herein lies the problem. You have a group of people that are touted on decentralization, down with the man, down with the system, the gatekeepers and all of this. Then you have a bunch of people that are literally making their money and their income through a major centralized platform. So it's like two competing values at the same time. The creators want to make money. 
But the gatekeeper, which is OpenSea in this case, wants to create an environment and a platform that is welcoming and conducive to newcomers who are most likely the ones who are going to be scammed on the platform. They want to protect them. So honestly, I don't think there really is a recovery from this. I think OpenSea has really uh, learned the hard way and uh, the community has also learned the hard way that this is a reality of a platform. Really, you have to follow by the rules of that platform. And we want a completely decentralized, trustless system. However, we're still relying on the infrastructure and the backbone of Web2 tech, right? OpenSea's Although it is on crypto and we're logging in with wallets and it could be anonymous and all sorts of different things, it is not decentralized. And it is a a catch-22 because when there is a centralized platform, you have someone to blame. There are certain things like a customer service. There's questions. I've heard uh, different cases of where someone was scammed and they lost a lot of things through some kind of bug in there and a glitch. And although as a decentralized platform, technically, they have no responsibility in refunding or helping someone to lose their regain their lost NFTs or whatever. They have worked with different people to try to recover their losses from scammers, right? So at the same time, again, they're balancing this whole thing. Without a centralized platform, they can't do that. Also, they're attracting a lot of people that have decentralized values. So really, I don't know how they're going to juggle all of this, how this is going to balance that work in the long run. But really, I see OpenSea as being like the new Facebook and the new Google. Small businesses have so much gripe with those two companies, and it's because they're the gatekeepers. And if you just Google the word, Google slaps. You can see multiple articles of different things where all these small businesses, all these people were just making a fortune on it. They love the platform. And then boom, overnight, their traffic source, their income, everything was just cut. They changed the game. And then there were multiple updates, whether it be with the search engine or it's how the ads are run or anything like that. These changes overnight really kill businesses. So these businesses that are not adaptable, they're not flexible, they don't know how to navigate these different things, they're going to go under. And the same thing really happened with OpenSea here, that if you're not flexible, you're not one who can adjust, you can go out and you can find other platforms, you can find other ways of driving traffic, other ways of selling your art or your NFTs or what have you, that when these uh, massive changes do take place, and they will happen again, there's no doubt about it. That's what just is just the nature of the beast. Business always changes, things always happen. And entrepreneurs have to figure out how they're going to bounce back from that and adjust. That's what really separates the the Jeff Bezos and the Elon Musks and all the other people that just have amazing ideas that just never turn a profit or make any money. They can adjust and those other people cannot. They just had a great idea. And I know the difficult thing in this space is a lot of the people that are making their living on OpenSea don't even really consider themselves to be an entrepreneur. They consider themselves to be an artist. So this this game, if you will, really intersects a lot of personalities. There's coding, there's marketing, there's art, there's influencers, there are businesses, and all of it really meets together this platform that we call Open Seas. And it was once championed as being for the little guy, educating us with spaces and all this free stuff and services, and it's just great. Oh, lazy minting, great. We can escape gas fees and all these different things. And then overnight, I absolutely hate open seas and I'm leaving. I'm never going anywhere else or I'm never going anywhere else. I'm never coming back and I'm just finding somewhere else to go. So there's that swing of the pendulum. 
And I think really it is our jobs as the ones that are building this space to not only just rely solely on one platform, right? We have to find alternatives. We have to find other ways to go. We have to really spread out our risk in the sense that we're not putting all the eggs in one basket because open seas can change their rules or maybe they can block your type of art or collection or whatever it is overnight. There's nothing really stopping them from doing that. So if you're spread out across the board and you have, let's say, you have your social media following, you have an email list, you have a content thing that you're producing, whether it be a YouTube channel, podcast, whatever it is, and you just have uh, just multiple ways of driving traffic, driving people and all sorts of things that really you're not solely reliant on just one thing. And when one thing goes uh, bad, one of these uh, legs, the platforms of your system actually falls apart, well, then you can rely on the other parts. Because if OpenSeas won't let you on, well, maybe one of the other marketplaces will. Or if Google is not letting you uh, post content or share things on that, you can get traffic from Facebook. If Facebook is not letting you in, you have your email list and so forth. There's really just a bunch of options and a bunch of routes to go through. And a lot of people just really don't want to deal with that. They just want it all in one place, just make it nice. Nice and easy, but with that, there is so much more risk. So, OpenSeas is not the first to do something like this. Every big platform before them has done it eBay, Amazon, you name them all, right? And people go up in arms. At the end of the day, these companies are still here. These platforms are still in business and the people that really survive on it and are still making a fortune, they learn how to adjust. They learn how to pivot. They learn how to play the game maximize the profits and follow the rules. With that said, I hope you found this helpful, just being able to just make light of all of that because it, it was a complete pendulum. It swing from just great to bad very quickly. And I just tried to condense everything, make sense of all of it and give you a direction that you could possibly think to explore where you want to go with this to uh, avoid some of the headaches in the future. So as usual, thank you for listening to this. And if there's any topics or questions that you have, please feel free to reach out to me. You can see all the contacts in the show notes or just tweet me at Tropic Vibes. And I will see you in the next one. Later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.